received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, Welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Las Vegas 80 Dawson versus Green episode of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. We got a week off. And now we enter the fourth quarter of 24. Let's do a little bit of business in review. On October 31st, that's a Tuesday, the first bout business sneak teep podcast will break. What the heck is that? Everyone's going to ask. And that's a great question. It's going to simply be an opening line look at each fight card from a Monday perspective early in the week, preparing for the Bout Business podcast that breaks after weigh-in. So every week a UFC card will be presented. There'll be a sneak deep podcast breaking down the opening lines. That's all we're gonna do. There's plenty of podcasts that review the fight week that was, and they all do such a great job in review. We don't need to do what everyone's doing. We want to stick straight to business and keep the Bout Business Sneak Teep as well as the Bout Business Podcast all about the business that is deriving profit from UFC events. We're excited to present that first week of opening line looks. That's the San Paulo card in Brazil that features uh, Almeida against Blades. Should be an awesome fight card. Two weeks ago, we go two and three with a 0.12 of a unit loss. We just lost a dime, 12 cents. No big deal. Gamrot came through for us, even though it was Fazeev that broke down. Very unfortunate, but all we can do is grade them. Entering this last quarter of 2023, bout business, 80 and 81. We're up 22.58 units. That represents a 14% return on investment. The average win, a plus 129. Those are solid numbers, but not numbers we're satisfied with. We're looking to squeeze a little profit out of what remains five to seven cards remaining this year. UFC 296 in December, Covington versus Edwards. That will be our first future in use. Currently, you can find Covington at plus 100, uh, maybe plus 105. We have him minus 110. I'm fascinated that he is an underdog. I would take all of that you can if you don't already have him. I'm remaining one unit at minus 110 on Covington myself. We'll see where the line goes as we get closer. Another future position we have, two future positions, 
on Johnny Bones Jones in his fight. And in essence, we have two units to win two units on Johnny Bones Jones. And those that are in since we've made those plays and need explanation, don't hesitate, lewitgamblue.com. I'll explain how we got to that position. We also have a second leg of a parlay rolling into this fight card. So with most of our business now cleaned up, let's get to the fight business and round one. In round one, we're going up towards the top of the card. I don't like the bottom half of this card, to be quite honest with you. Not that I'm being critical of the matchups, far be it from that. I just don't see anything there that jumps out at me. We really have to go up to the featherweights. Alex Hernandez fighting William Bill Algeo for me to get excited about round one. Yes, they're featherweights, but boy, has uh, Alex Hernandez been playing the weight game. Couple fights back, uh, he lost to Billy Q at 145, didn't like it, went back up to fight Jim Miller in his last at 155, won the fight. Now he's coming back down to 45. Alexander Hernandez is, a, is an explosive, athletic, powerful fighter, but he tends to get emotional in the cage. He expends energy quickly and has a very difficult time fighting effectively after eight minutes or so. On the other side of the cage, you got Bill Algeo, and if this is a tortoise in the hare kind of a, a fight, Alexander Hernandez is the hare and Algeo is the tortoise. Slow, steady, but he's two inches taller, has a one-inch reach advantage, and he's the stable 145-er. Been in with solid 145 competition. These guys are evenly matched. It opened a dead pick'em, minus 115, either man you took. And now looking at it, you got Alexander Hernandez minus 120, Aljo plus 100. That's a good opportunity for us. We're going to take Bill Aljo to weather six minutes of storm and then take this fight down on the second half or the second seven and a half minutes of this three-round fight. Round one, Bill Aljo plus 100 for one unit. Now let's roll into round two. Round two, light heavies, and this is the parlay we made to Marina Rodriguez two weeks ago. That parlay leads into Philip Leans. I'm going to call him Philip Leans, the Brazilian fighter who at the time we made the future position was minus 122. Shows you what a great job I did. Now Lins is plus 115. Favorites have switched in this fight, and I got to tell you, I have no clue why. I've been staring at this fight all week long. Kutalaba is the wild bull of the pampas. Now, he showed up in a suit this week. He's clean-shaven, but he's still a madman. 17-9-1, the Moldavian, has judo background, wrestling, power, explosion, but not a lot of IQ. If you think that Hernandez can get emotional, wait till you see Kudalaba, who often paints his face green uh, to imitate the Hulk, which is his nickname. Kudalaba going to want to go out there, go straight at Linz and attack him. Linz, on the other hand, 
an ex-heavyweight fighter that was flabby and pasty at heavyweight. He's come down to light heavy where he's won three fights in a row, looks good, and is an ascending fighter as far as skills and capability at this weight division for each of three fights. He's a big guy. He's sculpted. He looks really good. And when you look at Kutalaba's record, I see losses to Spahn, Walker, and Kennedy and Zuku. And those are big, huge men that gave Kutalaba problems. Kutalaba won his last fight against an undersized Tanner Bowser. So who's he getting this one? Philip Lin's an ex-heavyweight that's going to be a 20 pounds heavier than Kutalaba when this fight starts. And while Kutalaba's going to want to engage and go crazy, Lindsay's going to want to be a loving, slow dance partner at the high school prom. He's going to want to get both arms wrapped around Eon, push him against the fence, and take the steam out of Kutalaba for five minutes, then take him down, get on top, and work his BJJ. We like Philip Leans in this fight. And if you didn't get the parlay, which sets us up one unit to win 1.4 on Linz. And you can take them straight up right now at 115 and feel you're getting every bit of value because I believe you are. Round two, Linz on the second end of a parlay to Marina Rodriguez plus 140. Those that didn't get that, Linz straight up plus 115. Now let's move into round three. Round three wasn't going to be. And by that, I mean, this was not a fight I really wanted to address. It was too close for me until the weigh-ins. An hour after the weigh-ins started, our friend Alex Morono, and yes, I'm talking about the fight on the main card at welterweight between Texan Morono and Kansas City fighter Joaquin Buckley, Missouri fighter. Going to be a great fight, but when Morono, an hour after weigh-ins, sauntered onto the scale. First of all, by the time he got out there, he had a towel with him. He was wiping the wet off. He's clearly in the sauna trying to cut the weight. He looked gaunt, drawn, and the people monitoring the weigh-in for the UFC, one of the key people wasn't there. He had to wait for him. If you want to go back and look at the film, the visual is horrifying. Now, he drank some orange juice and looked better by the time of the face-offs. But at the end of the day, you've got a fighter in Buckley that's coming down from 185 with a new nutritionist. He's chiseled in stone, explosive as hell, and dangerous as he can possibly be. He's five years younger than Morono, who is a weathered, experienced, legitimate UFC veteran. But this is a bad spot for an older guy pasty, ghosty, white-looking guy. You'll tend to underestimate Morono, but don't. He's going to be in this fight, but at 33 years old, still trying to cut with the young men. I think this is too much for him, and I went ahead and took Buckley minus 175 to win one unit. I think this is a terrible spot for Morono to have had a terrible cut. The visual was bad. And it prompted me to play the favorite in Buckley. That's round three. Now let's move into round four. Round four, co-main event of the night, a banger. 
This kid Joe Pfeiffer starting out, big hands, big strength, big attitude, big trajectory. And he looks to be improving as well. He's been entering grappling tournaments, trying to mix up his game and complete it. All you can do for a guy like that is tip your hat. He's going to fight Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, the Ghanan fighter that's fighting out of Canada. Uh, this Hassan knows that he's been set up as a set stepping stone for Pfeiffer, and he doesn't like it one damn bit. Pfeiffer, four inches taller, nine years younger, two-inch reach advantage, and he surely has the future ahead of him. Al-Hassan, again, knowing he's being placed, positioned as a stepping stone, doesn't like it. He's a sawed-off barrel of gunpowder. This guy is explosive. He's mean. He's got an attitude, and he's got a mean attitude. He has surely been in the cage with much more capable, experienced athletes than has young Pfeiffer. So the experience is all his. The fact that he's been in with great fighters gives him advantage as well. When we look at pricing of this fight, Pfeiffer opened minus 350, and he sits about minus 350, minus 360, and the return on Al-Hassan around plus 300. Listen, uh, Hassan's one path to victory is to go out there and knock out Pfeiffer, and Pfeiffer might be young enough, game enough, and proud enough to go out there and acquiesce Al-Hassan in a standing battle. Rather, he should take Al-Hassan down, tire him out, gas him out, then take him out. How much IQs Pfeiffer got, we're going to find out. But I know one thing, I'm going to bet into it. Round four, I'm going to take Joe Pfeiffer, Razak Al-Hassan. Starts round two plus 110. I'm going to take that for 1.15 units, the return being 1.25 units. That's kind of an odd number. Why do I want a return of 1.25? And I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to turn around and take in that same round a quarter of a unit bet on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan to win inside the distance. On DraftKings, that's worded KO, submission, or DQ. That's four to one, plus 400. So we're going to have a quarter on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. If he touches Joe, I think Joe's stiff enough, young enough, and proud enough to go and acquiesce him. And if Joe wrestles, we're going to be out the quarter. So we're going to bet a quarter of a unit on Al-Hassan at plus 400. Should he catch lightning in a bottle, we'll pay for the one unit that we're playing. And the real bet that I think we want to win is the 1.15 unit to win 1.25 unit bet on Pfeiffer Al-Hassan. Fight starts round two. That's plus 110. Now let's move into round five. Main event, Grant Dawson, Bobby King Green. Dawson opens 335. He's shot up to minus 455. Green opened less than the 350. He is now over under in this fight, four and a half rounds under minus 245. Interesting 
four and a half seems high to me based on how I view this fight. Listen, nothing but respect for Bobby King Green, 38-year-old professional fighter. And by professional, I mean professional in every way. He doesn't miss weight. He's first on the scale. Today he was, and often he is. He's always there when the UFC calls, but Bobby Green is a professional fighter, and that means he takes fights and he earns money. And there's nothing but respect for a guy like that. Grant Dawson, young farm kid from Stromsburg, Nebraska, great wrestling grappling skill, ended up going down working with the guys at Glory in Kansas City. Now he's at ATT in Florida. And if you track the evolution of the capabilities of each gym he goes to, that's because his prowess, his fighting arsenal is growing exponentially, not only as he matures, but with the coaching and the fellow fighters at each gym and each location for Dawson. Dawson will be fighting for the title soon. And in this fight, it's set up perfectly for him. Bobby Green fought current champ Islam Makachev some years ago, and Makachev rolled through Bobby Green like a hot knife through butter because Bobby Green singularly dimensioned and not capable of dealing with that Makachev game. What kind of game does Grant Dawson have? Same game that Makachev has. In fact, he's dying to test it against Makachev. And Dawson knows what Makachev did to Green. Dawson clearly knows that with a spectacular performance against a guy singularly dimensioned as Bobby Green. Bobby Green needs to keep it up, needs to keep it in space, and needs to tip-tap his way to a decision. And Grant Dawson going to fight him in a phone booth. So what happens in this fight is that Grant Dawson's eventually going to get Bobby Green, get him down, wear him out, then take him out. Earlier in the week, on the VSIN Digital Magazine, I released Dawson inside the distance, minus 130. That price currently, for those listening, is minus 150. I still think that's the play in this fight, and that is the first component of round five. The second component of round five is I'm not done with Dawson yet. I'm going to use him as his minus 455, and I'm going to take him straight up into a fighter in next week's card, and that's October 14th. Adrian Yanez, in probably the best fight on that card, fighting Jonathan Martinez. There, This price is minus 110 either side. It's going to be a whale of a fight, but I like Yanez on the bounce, and I'll break it down next week. The long and the short of it is the second unit of round five, Dawson, minus 455 to Adrian Yanez, minus 110. One unit returns 1.33 units. That's it for today. Enjoy these fights, and we'll see you next week for UFC Las Vegas 81. Locked into Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Oh, oh, goodness. That hand is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is crazy.
Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. This week's episode of Gamblue's Bout Business MMA Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and show support for your favorite podcast today by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on any order with the promo code LOU. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code LOU. 